Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com's our main spot on the internet, and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a little while in today's Clark Rages Moment, would you believe scamsters have come out of the woodwork to take advantage of families and individuals that are dealing with opiate addictions? It's true. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, what you need to be wary of. And later yet, I'm going to talk about Ring. Amazon is buying Ring, which has been a huge breakthrough product. I'm going to tell you what's in it for Amazon, but more important, what's in it for you with Ring becoming part of the Amazon system. I'm going to talk right now about something that is a term that you are going to start hearing with increasing regularity this year. 5G. 5G stands for fifth generation internet. And it is for wireless internet, not the kind of stuff you'd get from a cable company bringing internet to your home or a traditional monopoly local phone company bringing internet to your home. 5G provides internet service wirelessly faster than what most of us get at our homes. And our big four cell carriers are all scrambling to get into the marketplace with their 5G offerings. And first, I want to tell you why it's such a big deal for you, even though at first is going to seem like just a bunch of gobbledygook. What 5G will allow is it will bust up the monopolies that so many of us suffer from on internet service to our homes. Because a great percent of us as Americans, if we're lucky, and it's not really lucky, have only a single high-speed internet provider to our homes or businesses. Some have two. So in either case, you have a monopoly or a shared monopoly. And what happens when you have that is you face ultra-high prices, lack of innovation, and poor customer service. That's why often the companies that provide internet service to your home rank at or near the bottom on the American Customer Satisfaction Index because they are not industries facing meaningful competition. That starts changing the second half of this year and in a big way before this year is out because this new technology for wireless will allow for you either to use, uh, for lack of a better term, a wireless hotspot in your home or when you travel or at your small business and have ultra high speed internet. And the neat thing is that it is such an affordable technology to implement that unless one of the wireless carriers decides that it's fun to gouge people, It's going to also lay open cheaper choices for you for high-speed internet. Now, the the direction that AT&T and Verizon seem headed with their wireless operations is they're 
at least seemingly are going towards having the wireless hotspots. And AT&T has announced the first three cities they're bringing live are Dallas, which is the headquarters of AT&T Wireless, I think, or AT&T overall, Atlanta, and then Waco, Texas. But there are going to be a dozen places in the country, a dozen metro areas, that will have this wireless high speed from AT&T before the year's over. T-Mobile is doing 5G in a different way to nearly three dozen major metro areas this year, but they're doing it where it goes to your phone. The, the phone you have will just operate much faster. And that is significant because it means that wherever you are on the go, you'll have internet where, let's say you go to download a movie, it'll download in seconds instead of how long it takes a movie to download now. And if you go to a website using the mobile browser on your phone, the page you're going to will load quicker than your eyes can register. It's there. And what's neat is this technology for the wireless carriers is cheaper than the LTE that they have adopted across the United States. And so each carrier coming out with its own strategies to make this stuff happen. In the case of Verizon, they are going much more slowly, as is, uh, as is Sprint, than AT&T and T-Mobile. And I don't know the reason for that, why they're going slower on this, but the fact is choice is coming. And that is the best discipline for the marketplace. Creating competition gets you more innovation, better prices, better service, and it is absolutely going to become a common term you'll hear and see, 5G, and it's the real deal. Heather is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Heather. Hi, Clark. Heather, you had an unusual thing happen from your credit card company. What did they do? A couple weeks ago, I got a letter saying, um, we increased your credit limit by mistake. And I was wondering, is this something I should be worried about? Well, it has the potential to lower your credit score if your credit limit is reduced. Can you give me a sense, what was your credit limit, what did they raise it to, and what are they taking it back to? Well, it was 16000 um, but I don't know what they raised it to. I logged online, and I couldn't find any actual documentation of what they raised it to or why, because I didn't ask for this, and I hardly ever use this card. So let me tell you why it's to your advantage to ask for credit limit increases over time for the cards you have. In, mm-hmm. Unless you have a problem that whatever credit's made available to you, you'll spend it. The more available credit you have and the less of it you use, the higher your credit score. So when they accidentally bumped you up, you would likely see if you track your credit score, you'd see that your credit score would rise as a result because 
almost a third of what makes up your overall credit score is how much of your available credit you're using. You get a higher credit limit than even if you're charging the same as you were before, your credit score goes up. Um, I understand that, but our credit's already like 839. Can it go 839? Yes. You know what they call you, right? Golden. <laughs> when your credit score is above 800, is between 800 and 850, in uh-huh. the banking industry, you're referred to as a golden borrower, meaning that you are the lowest possible risk profile there could be. So that makes it even more curious why with a score that is, you're so close to perfect, it's insignificant. Being like, if you ever took the SAT, it being like you got 790 instead of an 800. I mean, you're like right there. Uh-huh. So why they would have said it was a mistake to give you more credit limit, that is nonsensical. But right. if your credit's already that high, this will have no effect on you. Okay, good. <laughs> and so you must have a credit utilization around 5 to 7% if you have a score of 839. Oh, I think it's less than 2%. No way. No way. Yeah. All right. Well, you are in the big leagues. I mean, you are in the absolute superstar category of credit, and congratulations to you. So this would be, in your case, Heather, I would call this a non-event. If your score was not in the rarefied air you are, then we'd have to talk about things you could do to reverse this with with the bank involved lil is with us on the clark howard show hello lil hi clark how you doing great thank you lil you have a target question for me yes i do so um i was doing some online shopping and um i saw that they now offer a credit card that is tied to your uh checking account they call it a, a target debit card so I was wondering if that was something that you knew about, if you could tell me something about that. Yeah, so the red card gives you 5% off on almost everything you'd buy at Target or Target.com. Right. And so Target is really trying to increase the loyalty from their their most avid shoppers. And by creating this loyalty program without you having to earn points or anything like that, you just get the 5% off for every purchase. It's an absolute win for you and a win for them because when people have the red card, the amount of shopping they do at Target versus other places goes up. Right. So here's the risk. Anytime you tie in your checking account into... A payment system anywhere you increase the risk of you having a problem let's say somebody was to uh, compromise your number that is used for shopping at target on that debit card then the money in your checking account evaporates and you got to deal with all that and you don't have the same rights if you were ever I don't know what kind of dispute you'd ever have with target about something you purchased but you don't have the same rights with their debit card as you would with a credit card. But this is the way I judge it, is that in this case, it's a guarantee, a certainty, you're going to save money carrying the red card. 
right. versus a possibility that something could go wrong with your account because you have the card. The certainty outweighs the possibility. And if you're a regular Target shopper, I would do the red card and get your 5% discount. Okay. That works. So you enjoy shopping there. Thank you very much, Clark. Thank you. You know, it's funny about Target. It is very, very uh, female-oriented as a store. And I go into Target as a guy, and I'm just bored to tears. I just don't get it. And my wife goes there and loves the place. So it's, uh, it's definitely not there for me. It's time for today's Clark Rageous Moment. And this is something that just eats me up. It's a alert from the Better Business Bureau that this is terrible. You know, we're in the midst of that overused word, but this one is valid. The drug addiction problem in the United States is a crisis. Lifespans in the United States, two years running, have declined. That is unprecedented in peacetime. Over 60,000 Americans estimated have died in the last year from drug addictions, most often various opiates or opioids, however you like to call it. And now there are all these horrendous scamsters that are promising that they have special miracle cures to break addictions to opiates and this is i mean who can be that evil rotten when somebody's desperately looking for help to break a drug addiction that they would turn around and sell people fake miracle cures things they claim are natural and organic and blah 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 and I want you to know that if you're trying to help somebody out who is facing an addiction to drugs, it's hard. I mean, it is really difficult to beat that addiction, and it requires serious work and treatment. Now, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has a special helpline. They have a special website for substance abuse help. It's samhsa.gov, S-A-M-H-S-A.gov. And uh, if you have a family doctor, to go to him or her and get referral for treatment would be a good idea. Lacking that, though, try the SAMHSA site. That's .gov again. And let's do what we can legitimately to help somebody beat addictions. But these people that are peddling these fake remedies and stealing your money when the chips are down, I don't know what you do to low lifes like that. The best thing I can do is warn you away. Joel, that is a very difficult topic. Let's try to do an Ask Clark here. 
What right. you got? All right, Clark. Sylvia wrote in with another difficult problem. Not quite as difficult, though. She said, I did a Google search on my name, and I found a site that listed information about me, including a salary and net worth figure. Is there any way I can get this removed? And I wonder how many other sites have this kind of info on me. That's scary. So there are so many net worth surveys when you uh, Google anybody's name, particularly any uh, quasi-public figure or public figure that they'll estimate income, they'll estimate net worth, and they are not accurate at all. I've had to deal with that with my children, with classmates at various stages coming up to them and saying, your daddy's blah, blah, blah. And I explain that uh, that that stuff is not accurate at all. In your case, if it was accurate, you just have to know that the information out there generally is not trustworthy and you shouldn't worry so much that people will take it too seriously. The internet has a lot of information. A lot of it is not truth. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com where you go to save money. So, just recently, I told you on the show about a camera, a security camera for your home or small business that is ultra, ultra cheap. $20 for that camera. And the Wise Cam is what it's called, WYSECam.com. And it generated enormous buzz. And a lot of people saying, wait, wait, what's the name of that camera? What is that thing? And the Wise Camera, the Wise Cam is phenomenal. Wisecam.com. 20 bucks plus shipping. Now, the thing is, this area is booming with you having home security cameras at your house. Those, so many of them use artificial intelligence. Uh, I have ring cameras installed at my house and a ring doorbell the ring cameras i have are solar so i don't have to worry about batteries wearing out and so they the second they sense motion and it seems to be able to distinguish when that motion is human not an animal i get an alert to my smartphone and i click on the alert and there's the video of who is there and so I got to see a package delivery person from the back of their truck take a package and heave it like 10 yards onto the porch. And you should have seen the box when I got home. Now I know how the box got so beat up in delivery. It wasn't coming across the country. It was the last 10 yards it got beaten up. But anyway, for Amazon, there's a massive problem with what's called porch pilots and any other company you buy things from online people follow the fedex and ups drivers on their routes when they see a package dropped off as soon as the driver is out of sight they run up and grab the package and steal it it is a massive problem more for the online sellers than it is for the um the customer who's getting that package other than the delay in getting the replacement and the hassle of dealing with customer service and saying, hey, here's what happened. 
I didn't get my package, even though you said it was delivered. And so Amazon has spent the second largest amount they have ever spent buying another company to buy Ring. And Amazon has tried many different ways to come up with systems to deal with the Porsche Pirates. They made a big push last year to get you to allow access to your home. That's right, where the delivery person delivering for Amazon would come inside your home and leave it inside your house or apartment. And I don't know anybody who is excited about that. So now Amazon will be in a position by buying Ring to do what they do with electronics, lower the price of the devices, and then if a package is stolen, they will have ultra-high-def video of who stole it. So they'll subsidize you buying security equipment in return for it helping save them money. And, of course, the best deals on these will ultimately go to Prime members who are the ones that order most frequently from Amazon. But if you're looking for security at your home where you're alerted to your phone and you have the free cloud storage that comes with the WiseCam, there's nothing on the market like WiseCam. W-Y-Z-E-Cam.com. And I know Ring is a very innovative company and they do all different kinds of integrated products. But if you're really wanting security and at the same time spending as little money as possible, the wise decision is the wise cam, not Ring or one of their competitors. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, John. Hello, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, John. You got a question for me about when it's a good idea and when it's not to insure an automobile. Well, exactly. Uh, I have a, an older model uh, that uh, I've been kind of keeping uh, tabs on in terms of insurance costs and uh, trying to de- determine when the best time is to get rid of the collision and comprehensive. Uh, when I uh, used the formula that actually you had on your website, uh, it's a, a rule of thumb. I guess it's about 10% of the value if the cost of the comprehensive and collision exceeds 10% of the value of the vehicle, uh, you're recommending to drop that coverage. Exactly. Uh, what I'm wondering is, should uh, a deductible be included in that formula at all? I don't, I don't include the deductible as part of that calculation because actually the deductible is part of why I say when it exceeds 10% of the remaining value of the vehicle, that's when you dump it. Because your deductible is going to be, let's say, 500 or $1,000. And so you have, when you do make a claim, you're going to lose that money right away. And then all you're going to be left with is the difference between that and the remaining value. How much would you guess your older vehicle is worth at this point? Well, Clark, according to the Kelly Blue Book, uh, it would be about $2,500. It's an older vehicle. uh, No way you should should have collision and comprehensive on a vehicle worth $2,500. Instead, what you do is look at it as uh, you want liability, of course, but you just look at it as 
you now have a deductible of $2,500, basically. Exactly. But your insurance per year for collision comprehensive is how much on that vehicle? Well, yeah, total for both is about $144 a year. $144. So that would would violate my rule to say don't have it. But at a vehicle cost, if you have, how are you in terms of savings, rainy day funds, that kind of thing? Uh, We're pretty well prepared. If you are then I would say even though you're still violating my 10% rule, you're below that, I don't see it worth you spending that 144 a year. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a position, the purpose of insurance is to cover what you can't afford. And so if you can afford, if your car was to get totaled and $2,500 out the door, if that's something that is completely manageable in your life, I wouldn't spend the 144 a year. I agree, yeah. So it really just becomes a disposable item at that point. Exactly. You know, the average cost of a new car is 35000 or so dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, most people have cars that have enormous cost to them, value, remaining payments. When you have an older car that the value is, is really way down at this point, having collision comprehensive just doesn't add up to me especially if you're in a position that you can absorb a loss like that okay i'm gonna mess up your name completely prasana is that how i say your name prasana yeah prasana prasana hi how are you doing i'm doing good clark thanks for taking my call certainly i started listening from last year and uh Thank you for thank you and your team for all the um, advisors, financial advisors you are giving to us. Well, you're kind to say that. You have a question that has confused people for as long as I can remember. So hit me with it. <laughs> okay. So um, last week uh, you said um, this is regarding the Roth IRA withdrawal. Um, so last week you said the uh, contributions which we are. <clears throat> contributing towards the uh, Roth IRA um, can be withdrawn tax-free. So um, I think... At any time for any reason. Yeah. So uh, my question is, um, can I contribute uh, some money uh, in Roth IRA and uh, can I withdraw for my personal expenses in that year? Yes, because your contributions are available to you at any time, it's your earnings that cannot be touched till after age 59 and a half. Okay, so um, I went to one of the low-cost provider websites, and um, uh, I've been reading the rules, and one of the rules states that um, I should not take the contribution until five years um, of my contribution. I wonder how they have it worded, and the wording may be um, incorrect in what they have, or it may just be confusing, because the way the rule works is that the money that you contribute, remember you're contributing after-tax money, so the money you contribute is uh, tax-free because you've already paid tax on it, only the earnings are what create the value add to you of tax-free earnings over the years. So that's why um, the contributions are available to you. And 
the only place it gets sticky is when you're close to age 59 and a half. And then there are uh, circumstances where you may be subject to five-year rule on pulling the money out. But the, the deal with the five-year rule is when you make a contribution, the money that you have contributed is available to you, but the earnings, even if you're at retirement age, aren't available to you for the five years. So can I um, use this um, Roth IRA account for my rainy day fund uh, or emergency fund? People do uh, that. People do that. Now, what happens, though, once you withdraw the money, you can't make that back up. Oh, okay. So you can't uh, take money out and say, hey, I want to, there's a great airfare deal that you heard from me and you want to buy it and go somewhere and you grab the money from your Roth contributions. You can't then, when you get back, say, okay, I, I got the money back now. I'm going to put it back in the account because you're limited each year to the $5,500 contribution unless you're over age 50, in which case it's an extra 1000 you can put in. So it, it, people do specifically what I've suggested in the past is that when you face that conflict of putting money into a rainy day account that's basically in a savings account or putting money into a Roth, I've said for people who are nervous about not having a traditional rainy day account that the Roth can serve that purpose. But I don't like for the Roth to be, uh, well, that would be fun to do account. Okay. So I, I wouldn't want you spending the money because there was a deal or something and so you pulled money out. But if there was a problem and you needed the money for an unexpected expense, that would be a case where it would be within the realm of reasonableness to pull money out for that. And Cherie has a question for me. Hello, Cherie. Hi. Yes, I know that you um, take your staff on a vacation every week. and uh, Every week? <laughs> every week? Every they would year, love year. that. <laughs> every and, year. Yes, every year. And I was wondering, um, and I know that it's based on where's the cheapest place to go, and I was wondering in May, June, and October, where is the cheapest place to go in the United States and outside the United States? So there, there are certain patterns, but the way we decide where we go is we go just wherever the deal is, and the deals are so random. The deals are not based specifically on time of year. It's just the oddball things that pop up. Like in the last few weeks, there have been deals to Europe that have been ridiculously cheap mm -hmm. from various places in the country for April and May with fares as cheap as uh, one way to Europe as cheap as uh, like $150. Oh, wow. And so April and May and, uh, and you know, the other bargain months are September, October for travel uh, specifically to Europe because the weather's still decent uh, in those four months, but the peak tourist season's over and there will be a lot of deals. Okay. Around great. the U.S., more than the, the month of the year, 
although there are patterns where fares will dip in soft times of the year and uh, before kids get out of school and after kids go back to school is a really easy rule for finding the best deals around the United States. But the real pattern for the deals has been wherever Spirit, Allegiant, and Frontier fly, Okay. those markets, whether you fly on Allegiant, Frontier, or Spirit, or somebody who's matched them, those are the markets where the fares have been consistently phenomenally cheap. Okay, that's good to know. So you can pull up what I like if you're really into bargains traveling around the United States, I like for you to go look at the route maps of Spirit, Allegiant, and Frontier and okay. know that the places they fly from where you live or near where you live, that's where you're going to see a giant difference in prices because the fares just get to be uh, silly. Like there have been a number of sales recently where Frontier will put tickets on sale for $20 one way going wow. across the country. Okay, great. That's good to know. So um, time matters. When buying the deal matters. And if you really like to save money, you should know about the two websites I like for you to look at for deals. Scott'sCheapFlights.com and the other one is NextVacay.com. NextVacayVacay.com that both offer bulletins that you subscribe for that tell you the latest, greatest, hottest deals around the country and around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it. And Joel, who's posted a question? Clark, we got a question from Lee. He says, Dear Clark, I've been so happy using my debit card, and I would like to hear what you think of them. Is it true that you don't like them? That's why I call them the piece of trash fake Visa or fake MasterCard, because debit cards don't come with the consumer protections you get with a credit card. If you buy something online with a debit card and the merchandise doesn't show up or it doesn't show up as represented, with a credit card, you have full rights to dispute. With a debit card, you just lose your money. When your card number is compromised, a criminal is emptying your checking account, where with a credit card, all that happens is charges are posted to an account. You don't have to fight for your own money back. It never left your hands with a credit card. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? 
One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.